Welcome, I'm Eric. For over 40 years, I've lived many of my dreams by approaching life like a hero's journey. Awaken Your Myth is where I share the skills and ideas to support you in transforming your life into a hero's journey. A life that's closer to your dreams, helps others, and makes a positive impact on the world. Welcome to Change Your Story to Reset Your Life, Awakening Your Personal Myth. I'm so glad to see all of you here. My name is Eric. I am a podcaster, a dog dad, a fiance, a dreamer, a teacher now, I guess, officially. Just a quick overview of how I got here. Some of you have heard this story, so I'll do the abbreviated version of it. There's a longer version, I think, in last week's workshop. I started on my hero's journey in 1985, really, when I first went and met my great aunt, Kim. And she was an Oscar-nominated actress who lived in Los Angeles. She was my dad's aunt. And I was in my freshman year of college. I had just decided that I wanted to be an actor. And she was just nominated for an Academy Award that year for a movie called Francis that she was in with Jessica Lange and Sam, playwright Sam, whose name I can't remember right now. Anyway, I went down to Los Angeles, decided I wanted to become an actor, went to college to become an actor. And then when I graduated, I was trying to figure out what to do. And what I really most wanted to do was go down to Los Angeles and audition for her acting class. She was teaching all kinds of famous actors at the time. And I thought this would be a great way to get started. She said she would let me do that, but she advised me not to. She said, you're so young. And this business can really tear people up when they come right into it at your age. It did that to me. I would say, go out and live your life. Live your life like a hero's journey and then take what you learn and bring it back to the theater, bring it back to the people you love and see where life takes you. And I didn't take her advice. I just decided I was going to go down to LA and then life took me somewhere else. I never made it down there. I never actually moved to LA until about 15 years ago where I lived there half time for a little while. This hero's journey was a journey through the outside world for me for many years, where I was looking for two things, inner peace and worldly success. And sometimes I found one and things like taking a two-year sailing trip with my partner at the time to Florida from San Francisco. And sometimes I found the other working 90 hour weeks during the first dot-com boom as a web developer, building websites for NASA. But they never really came together. And at a certain point, I gave up on the whole inner peace thing because I couldn't figure it out. And it was so frustrating to me that I decided the answer is there is no answer. And I was pretty much a nihilist hedonist if you want to put tags on it. I was looking for pleasure as happiness 
And I thought, when it's done. Fast forward to about five years ago, I had achieved almost all my goals in the outside world. I had got this place on the mountain, living in a cabin, working up here for myself. And I thought this would be everything I wanted. This would be done, happy. Now I can just coast to the end. Only I wasn't happy. I wasn't even close to happy. I was actually depressed because I had worked for almost 20 years to get here only to realize, okay, this isn't that different. What I needed about living in the country was to get to a baseline of calmness by being here. But then that just got me to a baseline. And I started to look at what else could I do to improve my life and improve the lives of others. And that's when I started my podcast, Listen to Sleep. And on that, I do bedtime stories and mindfulness meditations for people all over the world. And that's my job, basically, these days and has been for the last four years. And I really enjoyed that. And it was moving towards what I wanted. It was helping other people. It was starting to bring me some peace doing that. But there was still something missing. I didn't really know who I was. I had beliefs about who I was. I had thoughts about who I was. I could hold up accomplishments like my work and say, this is who I am. But I still really, ultimately, when I asked myself in my own quiet moments, who are you? I didn't get an answer that satisfied me. So that led me to searching a little further. And I stumbled onto a mindfulness teacher training class online. And I thought, maybe if I start meditating and I learn how to be a mindfulness teacher, I can add mindfulness to the podcast. And then maybe the meditation will help me feel a little better about who I am. So I started that with Janelle. She's here tonight with us. And it was incredible. It was actually the missing piece to everything else I had been looking for. And when I found mindfulness, I was able to calm my mind enough to start to hear the other quiet voice inside me that was non-conceptual and wasn't thinking and started to show me who I was, rather than tell me who I was. So tonight is going to be mostly about that question, who am I? And I would love to invite you all right now to just type into the chat a quick one, a few words, one word of who you are. How would you, if I asked you, I am asking you, who are you? What is your answer? Take a moment to think about it, if you like, and put it in the chat, if you like. You, you definitely don't have to if you'd rather not. This is as much participation as you want. <laughs> I don't know. That's why I'm here. I love that one. <laughs> that's so good. That's, that is a great place to be. I am light. Yeah, that's a beautiful one. Many hats, but mostly lost. 
Okay, that's also a great place to be. That's pretty much exactly what I was talking about. I felt like I had done all these things, but who's the doer? And Eric's proud mom is here as well. I love that. Thanks, mom. And a writer. Okay, there's a writer. Student, writer, partner. Lost soul. I'm a new mom. Oh, what a beautiful thing. That's so great. That's so great. All right. <laughs> and we have a I have no freaking idea these days. All right. That's good. That is a pretty wide, wide gamut. And rediscovering myself at 61. Wonderful. Wonderful. And a musician. Okay. One strange expression of this amazing life. <laughs> All right. Let's talk a little bit about that question. Because what do we normally answer that with? It's one of two things, usually. I don't know, which is a beautiful, honest, vulnerable answer to give. And I want to just put that out there when it's hard to say that sometimes because that answer is not supported in the world we live in, but it's a perfect place to start. And the other answer we usually give is some kind of what I gave originally when I was telling you who I am. I'm like a podcaster, a teacher. I, this is what I do because I don't have words to tell you who I am. We need to spend time together to know who we really are, because it comes in the moments between the words, in the moments between the thoughts, in the time when we are simply being. That's what mindfulness really gave me, was a way to start to see my thoughts and understand that I am not my thoughts. When my thoughts are not there, I am still there. So who am I? I also started to see that I had taken a lot of my thoughts and the ones that I believed, I had turned into beliefs. So I had all these beliefs about myself that were based on thoughts. But when I started going up the chain, I was like, wait a minute, where are these thoughts even coming from? Who is the maker of these thoughts? If I tell you to think of a blue cat right now, boom, a blue cat will pop into your mind. But what made me tell you to think of a blue cat right now? I don't know. Thoughts just come and they go. And when we base our identity on this stream of thoughts that we grab some sometimes and hold on to them, and those become beliefs, or we push them away, and those become the things we believe we are not. And that's just how we're gauging the answer to that question, who am I, by what we are and what we are not, based on our thoughts, which, are, which lead to our beliefs, then we're always operating 
in our mind to determine who we are and how to be what we want to be, if we even know what we want to be. And so we're using our mind, which is a problem solving device that's really for things like, how do I organize this information? How do I get myself to the store? How do I fill out this form? It's not meant for questions like, who am I? It just isn't the right tool for the job. But we're raised to have an identity that comes from our mind and centers around our mind. And when we can start to disengage, not disentangle the mind and our thoughts from who we are, then we have an opportunity to live life in the present in a whole different way. So what I would like to do tonight is do a little guided meditation where we look at our thoughts. And this may be a little counterintuitive to some of you because many people think that mindfulness or meditation is about trying not to think or having no thoughts, but it's really quite the opposite. It's about being with what is. So let's take a few minutes tonight and be with what is and just have a few moments with our thoughts. So if you can join me in just getting comfortable in your chair and you can close your eyes or just gaze down to the floor. Take a few deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth like you're breathing out through a straw. Just relaxing the shoulders, the hips, feeling your feet on the floor. Just feeling into the sensations in your body. Noticing any sounds in the room. No need to label them or think about them. Just noticing hearing. Letting the breath return to its natural rhythm. Feeling the feet on the floor, your bottom on the chair you're sitting on. Now imagine that place inside you where you experience your thoughts. For most of us, it's in our head, somewhere behind our forehead or our eyes. But for you, it may be somewhere else. So see if you can tune into that sense of where you are located and where the thoughts 
are happening. Now, just imagine yourself sitting there by a calm pool. You're looking at the water, and it's absolutely calm. And bubbling up from that water are thoughts. Can you watch as those thoughts start? What is your next thought? What happens when it comes up? Where does it go? Watch it from beginning to end. The content of the thought doesn't matter. Just notice the mechanism of the thought arising and passing away. And notice if there's even a moment between thoughts. If there's not, that's fine. It's very normal for there not to be. We have something like 70,000 of these bubbles every day. Just watching the bubbles, the thoughts, as they arise and fade away. And if you get lost in thought, just coming back to the breath and returning to the side of the pool and just watching the next thought. All right, now bring your attention to your big toe. What does that feel like to have your sense of self up in your head or wherever it is your thoughts are coming up? And also, in your big toe. If you are the person watching your thoughts, who is in your big toe? Now wiggle that toe, and all your toes, and all your fingers. Take a few deep breaths. 
And when you're ready, open your eyes. Does anyone want to talk about what that experience was like for them? What watching their thoughts felt like? Yeah, Janelle. That was really interesting. I, when I was sitting, first of all, at, sitting on the edge of the pool wasn't still. And even though you were telling me it was still, it wasn't still. And I'm going, my pool's not still. And I was I was aware of that self-talk coming through. It's all right. My pool's not still. It's okay. Just watch it. And then when you invited us to start to watch those thoughts, my pool suddenly caved in and I could feel myself going in and I'm going, no, and I felt panic rising and I was having this bit of a moment. So I just went, just watch it. It's all right. You're watching it. You're actually sitting over there. So I'm having this conversation with myself as I'm doing this, realizing I'm having this conversation. And then, hallelujah, you invited us if we got stuck in our thinking to sit back on the edge. And I went, good, I can follow that instruction. So as I watched myself go back to the edge, the pool's closed up again. And I sat and then I finally got that moment where it was just stillness. So it was a really interesting combination of my own conversation happening on within me and then going, hang on a minute, you can step outside of this and follow the instruction and step outside of all of that and keep stepping, just keep coming back, keep coming back. So I'm glad the whirlpools ceased and I'm glad my pool's back being really even. But for such a simple, beautiful little moment to just sit there and watch, that was actually quite profound. Yeah. And what did you notice about your thoughts? Were they one after the other? Were there gaps in between? Did any feelings or emotions come with them? When I was in the whirlpool, it was like it was just this constant stream. There was all those bits and pieces I was realising I was questioning myself and then going on to the next thing. As soon as I stepped out of that, it was just this still point. It was There was a moment where I don't even remember seeing the pond. I was just simply being in that space. So mm. when I was in it, it was continually going. When I was watching it, there was a, yeah, there was a gap between the spaces. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. And how did that feel? What was the gap like? The thing, because I was really conscious of what was going on in my chest. I had a lot of sort of agitation in my right sort of lung area, I guess you would call it, and some pain in my shoulder. And I felt my shoulders like just let go it was like I just dropped this load so yeah that returning to that lighter rather than carrying all of that thinking <laughs> around wonderful wonderful thanks for sharing yeah. did anybody else want to share what happened for them during the meditation what it was like to be there with their thoughts watching them arise oh and there's a, something in the chat my pool was a pond where I regularly walk and watch alligators. Cool. My thoughts were stuck skydiving because that is the most free I've ever felt. Nothing down here matters when you're falling. <laughs> that is true. As a matter of fact, life is very much like falling at times. And falling is not a problem as long as there isn't any ground. 
And that is the case for much of life, that we are simply following through it, for me anyway. What I would like to talk about next is what I came up with to help integrate the hero's journey through the outside world with the journey to our inner world, to getting a non-conceptual answer to that question, who am I? Because my first 30 years of hero's journeying were all about outer world accomplishment. I didn't understand that the actual hero's journey is through the outside world to our inside world. I thought it was through the outside world to success, happiness, all the things we're told that we can and should have. When I realized that I was missing this piece, that's when things got really interesting. And the really the myths mind reset is five pillars. They're skills and attitudes basically that allow us to live life like a hero's journey and always have a sense of where we are in any journey we're living at the time because we're normally having more than one hero's journey at once. As a matter of fact, almost always, I would say, we're having more than one hero's journey at once. And the hero's is a circular journey of stages that starts in the ordinary world, moves to the call to adventure when the world around us says, this is an opportunity for you to transform. Are you going to take it or are you going to resist it? When we resist it, it's the part of the hero's journey story that's called the resisting the call. And that can keep us where we're at in the ordinary world. And our hero's journey never gets started because of resistance. This was my story for many years. Although I would sometimes power through my resistance to do things in the physical world, I wasn't getting through my inner resistance to really start getting in touch with who I am and changing the beliefs, the, the thinking, the identification with thought that I was bringing to all of these journeys through the outside world. So the myth's mind reset is mindfulness, yielding, transformation, healing, and storytelling. And for the longest time, the only two I was really doing were transformation and storytelling. I was like, I'm just going to keep changing myself until I get to the right self. And I was telling stories to myself about how I was going to do that. And I was telling stories to other people, too, in the hopes that I could fake it till you make it. And so this was just a journey of throwing stuff against the wall and trying to change the parts of myself that I didn't like to be more like I should be so that then I thought I could have the things I would get. It was all happening up here in my mind, and it wasn't grounded in any kind of acceptance or any kind of actual knowledge of who I was that went beyond these just thoughts that could lead to 
panic attacks because I would just get so wrapped up in trying to change who I was, who I thought I was. So mindfulness gave me the the ability to be in the present moment and to begin to start accepting what life actually held and what it was and what was happening really outside of my thoughts about it. So that's why mindfulness is the first pillar of the myths method, because it really gives us a way to have the peace and clarity around what is happening. It starts to teach us acceptance and starting where we are rather than in our head, in our thoughts, projecting things into the future, trying to change things by thinking. So mindfulness also is tied to the beginning of the hero's journey, specifically the ordinary world, because all hero's journeys start in the ordinary world. They start with who we are right now. Nothing needs to change for your hero's journey to start. You don't need to be different. You don't need to be in a different place. You don't need to be in a different job. It starts when you notice that you are in your ordinary world. And that noticing is mindfulness. That awareness of your surroundings is mindfulness. That awareness of your inner world is mindfulness. Next, it's yielding. And yielding is really important because it's the next stage in the hero's journey as well. When that call to adventure comes, if we resist it, we're, we've got no journey. We're just stuck in the ordinary world. If we yield to it, if we say, yes, I'm going to yield to life, instead of yielding to my doubts and my fears and my thoughts about, I can't do this, that yielding to what is, that yielding to what the world is offering us, gives us an ability to start to practice acceptance and being with what is. So often in life, I don't know about you guys, but it was rewarded in my job, school, everywhere for pushing, for making what wasn't a thing for creating something out of nothing for push pushing not wait what about accepting and i found that by looking by being mindful and open to what's happening around us life is constantly offering us opportunities for transformation opportunities to move into a new way of being not just thinking, but being. And when we can yield to those, and it's scary at first, it's not an intuitive move. Resistance comes very intuitively to most of us. That's different. I don't want it. I have no idea what could come with that. I don't want it. That was definitely my first take on most things for a long time. But when we look at it differently and we yield to the things life is offering us, then we have an opportunity to see what's next. 
Because there is an impermanence to life that is always there. So when we yield to something, it's not going to continue forever. It's going to be something else as well. And when we're constantly yielding, then we're moving with life instead of against life. And sometimes yielding can be an active thing. You can, act, you can yield actively. And cultivating that is an incredible skill because yielding leads to surrender. And if we want to know who we really are in a non-conceptual way, it involves being willing to surrender. And a willingness to surrender is something we can cultivate, but yielding is something we can actually do. We can't actually surrender. We need to be asked to surrender first, but we can yield as a way to build our surrender muscle, if you will so that we're ready when life asks for surrender. And ultimately, that day will come for all of us. If it doesn't come on the day of our actual death, it will come before, and there will be something we need to surrender to. And having that willingness, that presence to be able to surrender is... I think it's invaluable. Next is transformation. And transformation is about the part of the hero's journey, which is the trials and challenges. Now we're headed for the dragon's cave and we're looking for mentors and people who can help us along the way. So as we're moving from yielding to transformation, we're looking around our world going, okay, who is here to help me? Who's a part of my community? Or who's someone who I would like to have as a part of my community? Who is presenting themselves in my life right now? And looking at how this all starts to come together. Because the trials and challenges part normally requires help. If you look at any good hero's journey story, Luke Skywalker doesn't do it by himself. It's about working together to get through the challenges and looking for mentors and helpers and people to join you on the way, like Frodo and Sam and Gandalf. So as we're moving into tra to transformation, we're going through the challenges. This is the tough part. This, for me, this was in this hero's journey that is Awaken Your Myth. The transformation part was the last few months when I was putting all this together and I was thinking, oh my goodness, look, I'm doing workshops and this is all going to be a thing. And I, there was this part of me that was so like, whoa, this is a new thing for me. Being around my mentors, yielding to what was presenting itself and working through this transformation in a way that just was about not resisting and being with what was happening was so incredibly helpful because I normally 
For most of the projects I'd done in my life before this one, I didn't approach it that same way. And this made all the difference. So integrating that transformation is the next step in the hero's journey and the myth's method. That's healing. And again, community becomes so important in healing because when we can have the support of others who are there to support us in what we are moving toward in approaching our lives like a hero's journey, it becomes so much more, things go deeper. And we are more open and vulnerable to transformation, to deeper transformation, to finding out more about who we are in a non-conceptual way, because we've got the support of others. And it also involves self-compassion and being willing to be compassionate to yourself, to be able to to process the parts of the shadow that are revealed during transformation. Because transformation always brings up our shadow. It always puts our biggest fears right in front of us. And as we're moving through those things, it's really helpful to have the help and support of a community. The healing process, the healing part of the myth's mind reset is really about reminding yourself during transformation, especially, that healing and integrating is really important. Bringing it all together, bringing that transformation into your life in a way that it becomes a part of you rather than just something that you're still resisting or that you're not really owning the full experience. The last part of the hero's journey is a return to the ordinary world. And a hero's journey doesn't even need to be a physical journey where you're you're going somewhere. It can all happen in one place. It can all happen at your office or in your home or with your partner, or your family. And that return to the ordinary world, it's not the same person who returns. The person who returns is the person who has answered at least a part of that question, who am I? But not with any of the answers that we put in the chat. It's a deeper answer than that. It's something that affects who we are in how we move in the world and through the world. It is the non-conceptual answer to the question, who am I? It's about who we are that isn't attached to our identity. It isn't even that person who's sitting next to the pond. It's deeper than that. And that's what the hero's journey allows us to start moving toward. And what I've found in my life has made the hero's journey work so well is that it does give us an opportunity to combine this journey through the outside world that we all need to do. We all need to go to work, make dinner, hang out with our family and friends. And we need to know who we are in a real 
way that isn't dependent on any of that, isn't dependent on anything in the outside world. This combines these two things. And that's what Awaken Your Myth is really about, is bringing that all together, is having a unity of the inside world and the outside world. It's all the same thing. The other nice thing about the myth's mind reset is that it works for just a daily problem. For example, yesterday I gave one of these workshops that Janelle was at to my old mindfulness teacher training class. And I had been to many guest workshops while I was in it, but I had never taught other teachers. And I woke up at two o'clock in the morning with my mind going, oh, hi, wow, we're doing that tomorrow. Okay, got that all set? Yep, do you, really? And the, some anxiety started to come. It was like a moment of real knowing that I was, it was so funny because I was, for a minute I was being hard on myself. I'm like, you are teaching this stuff. You can't do that. And I was like, that's funny. <laughs> that's really funny. Let's start with mindfulness. Who am I right now? I am that 10-year-old kid who was afraid he couldn't do that paper route that he said he would do for a week. I'm getting those feelings. I'm having those thoughts. Okay, the 10-year-old is here. Come here. We're, let's have a big hug. This is fine. I know that this happens for me. It's just a pattern. It's been like this since I was 10. So then it's yielding. What is life asking of me right now at two o'clock in the morning in bed? Life is asking me to sleep. Okay, I can do that. I can do that. How do I do that? Transformation. And in these moments, when you're going through like a challenge, I'm up and thinking about things I'd rather not be thinking about that are keeping me awake at two in the morning. We want to look at these things in a, in a practical kind of short-term way where transformation becomes what, yielding becomes what is life asking of me and transformation becomes what change would make that possible. And the change that I chose was I can embrace that little kid and realize that is the case. Also, I'm going to get up and read my Joseph Campbell book for a little bit. And so I read for 10 minutes and then I was tired again. And so then it comes to healing and healing when we're doing this just quick going through a problem way of the myths mind reset is about looking for gratitude. And I was really grateful in that moment that I had a tool that could get me through this rather than staying there and tossing around all night and winding up really exhausted for the next day. And lastly, it's storytelling. And the storytelling part of the myth's mind reset for dealing with a problem like this is what is the, what's the treasure? What did I get from this? And what I got from this was knowing if it happens again, I have a way to move through it. And then the story also becomes 
sharing it with you. That there's this thing that works on the big scale for our lives and on the smaller scale for our lives. And that is a pretty, when I realized that I could use it like this, because when I first came up with the Myths Mind Reset, it wasn't to use it like that. But then as I was having difficulties in life, I thought these principles should apply to this. And they do. For the last 10 minutes here, we'll have a Q&A. And if anybody wants to actually go through that myths mind reset with me, with the challenge you're facing, it could be something a little bigger in life, or it could be something that like is just a, a thing that's happening today. I'd be happy to do that as well. Any questions? Hey, I don't know how to raise my hand, so I just unmuted myself. Uh, I had a little bit of a rough transition going from the meditation into listening to you speak about myths. I was there I was on the edge of my pond watching these thoughts bubble up and I could not identify with that and observe it. And then I'm like, okay, who am I then? I'm the guy sitting on the edge of the pond here. But then that was just a thought as well. And that wasn't really real. And then I realized that you had moved on. You were talking about yielding at this point, And I had missed the mindfulness, which is what I needed in that moment. <laughs> and so then I'm observing. So what is life asking of me in this moment? It's asking me to be present here. And it's offering you speaking to us here. And the transformation that I can experience is letting go of all those thoughts i'm still lost up here like listening to these thoughts in my head while you're all here i'm separate over here and it felt like putting the meditation then into practice in this moment where i let go of all those thoughts let them bubble up to the surface and just disappear was the healing to let me just be present for a minute that's my short little story i love it thank you for sharing <laughs> Did, uh, did anybody else have anything they wanted to share? Any questions about anything we talked about today? Well, Eric, I do have something. This oh, is sure. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I wonder if you could maybe walk with me through the myths for trying to be positive with a diagnosis. I've been fighting cancer for three years now. And I'm doing it naturally, so it's a long process. I'm, or I should say I'm trying as best to do it naturally and holistically. Um, but of course, being that it's gone on so many years, it's so discouraging at times. But I did a, what I appreciate the most is the yielding and surrendering. I love that part of the myths. Yeah. But I wonder if you could speak to that a little bit if you've helped people that have an illness that they're battling. Sure. Let's do that. So we'll start with the mindfulness. Where are you at with this? What What's going on with Susie? What are your feelings and where are you at with, with life? Right yeah, now? I'd say I am at an accepting stage now. The first year I was diagnosed, I was in complete denial. Looking back on that now, <laughs> I know that. 
I was just in denial because I was very healthy, a very healthy 50-year-old woman and always ate good and everything. So I was like, it was a shock, a real shock. So I was in denial, I'd say the first year. The second year, I was in like power mode and I'm going to beat this. And I think I completely wore myself out (laughs) trying Mm -hmm. to do like everything. Yeah, trying to do everything all at once at the same time. And then now, year three, I feel like I'm ready to just, I'm not saying surrender to the disease, but surrender and yield that this is my diagnosis, but it's not my prognosis. But I have to realize that I'm going to probably live with this illness. So I can't deny it anymore. Can't deny it. I have to accept it. But I also am very hopeful. I'm hopeful that I can heal. But I'm, yeah, I'm, my my goal is to be in that headspace that it's, I'm yielding to it and am more accepting of it. So I'm not fighting. I don't want to be in that battle mode anymore. That's what I did year right. two. It was, I was in right. battle mode and I burned myself out. I, I'm smart now. So if we look at this is really more of a long term kind of hero's journey application Um, of the myths mind reset. And it sounds like you have started on your journey. You have accepted the call to adventure, which is we are going to go through this life with cancer and see where this goes. And so you're on your journey. The next thing that's coming for you then when you look at life as a hero's journey is that transformation will be on the horizon. And it sounds like you have a clear sense of what transformation you would like to see. And you also have a clear sense of what the reality of the situation is. So you've put yourself in a great place there because you're not resisting. You're accepting. And now would be the time to look for who could help in this transformation. Who could mm-hmm. help in getting you through this cancer and supporting you as you go through it? And then what does that transformation look like? It's about keeping a mindfulness, keeping a mindfulness stance to life so that you can see when the opportunities are there. And it does sound like you're already really heading that way, which I think is going to be definitely in your favor for moving through this transformation. And while these transformations are happening, it isn't just one. It's not usually just one dragon. It's everything along the way. It sounds like for you, maybe the cancer is your dragon. There are usually things defending the dragon and other things that come up. So again, community becomes really important. Do you have a support network? Uh, My family is wonderful. My husband is wonderful. My grown children are as well. They're very supportive. But as far as a community of people that have cancer, not so much. And I think that would be very beneficial for me at this stage. Yeah, because even like the natural treatments I'm doing too in the state I'm in, it's, a, it's not, 
there's not a lot of places I can even go. I have to travel to get treatments that I want. So, so I think you just came up with a good next transformation for yourself that's starting to move into healing and integration as well. Because however this journey ends, it's going to need to go through the healing stage. And that's, that is very tied in with the transformation stage. And we can make transformation a much more joyful, peaceful thing by having the healing element included in it. And I think that sounds like a great idea, finding some communities of people who have cancer like you do, or even just other people who are going through this to get that kind of moral support and the the kinds of synchronicity that come mm-hmm. from that kind of connection. Because you never know what's next. And when we meet people, especially people that are going through the same transformation we're going through or are healing like we're healing, we can find an exponential growth of our options for both transformation and healing. So I think that would, that sounds wonderful. So that would be the way the myths mind reset would look at this, it would be a a way of saying, okay, this on this journey, I'm going to f- see it through this lens toward moving to back to the ordinary world. And to the we all know how the hero's journey ends. So what with the stage you're at, the transformation mm-hmm. healing stage, focusing on those aspects of it and knowing that you don't have to fight anymore because you've already accepted. You don't have to go back to the beginning. You don't have to wonder, is this, you know, what I want to do? You're on it. You're doing it. You may start a new journey on this at some point, but for now you're there. And I think for me, that, that ability to see where I'm at and to know what to be looking for is one of the biggest benefits of the myths mind reset. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. I'm so glad you're here, Susie. Thank you. And I'm sending you lots of good vibes and juju, which is what we have here in California. I love, I appreciate your Instagram. That's how I have came across you and so i love your page and you're just a beautiful person thank you thank you Susie. thank you and also yeah there's somebody else in the chat who's had stage four cancer for 16 years i had one of my best Mm -hmm. friends has had has had cancer two different kinds of cancer for 20 years so yeah 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 i'm wishing you all the best and i hope to see you again in another workshop We are just a little over time, so I wanted to wind up and just let you know that there's a question in the chat about the handout from last week that you can find on the website where where the replay of last week's workshop was. And the handout is right there. And you can, oh, actually, you know what? I think I have a link to it right here. I'll put it in the chat. Hold on. It was this one. Yeah. 
I'm going to have a new handout about the Myths Mind Reset available with this when I put it up tomorrow. So you'll be able to get that at the same place. And the link, the first link that I put in is where that will be. That's where the replay is going to be and where you can find the handout. And then it's also, I'm also putting the replays audio only on the podcast. And that was the second link that I put in to the chat. So I just want to take one more minute and just be together. and let you know how grateful I am that you are all here tonight. Took the time to come and invest in finding out a little bit about what I'm doing and sharing honestly about yourselves. I really appreciate that. I hope you got something out of tonight. If you are interested in spending six weeks talking about this stuff and going through all sorts of exercises and and things together with a community of people who are all going to be doing this. We're going to be starting on June 14th, and you can get more information about that on the website too. That wraps up tonight's workshop. Thank you so much again to everyone that was here and to my mom and Joe and Janelle, all the people I know. Thank you so much. And I hope you all have a wonderful evening and I hope to see you next Thursday. We'll be at noon Pacific time next Thursday. And then the week after we'll do six again. So take care, everybody. Good night. Thanks for listening. If this helped you, please follow the podcast and share it with a friend. And if you feel sometimes like you're not living up to your full potential, you're not alone. To get support for your journey of self-discovery, come join us at awakenyourmyth.com.